Notre Dame has won three straight games since the debacle at Michigan, including stopping 23rd-ranked Navy last week at the stadium. With two games left in the regular season, a third straight 10-win season is certainly expected by the fan base at this point. But today comes always a tricky proposition, Senior Day, and overcoming all the emotions that comes with it as Boston College arrives in town. Live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame shoots for a second straight undefeated home season for the first time since 1988 and 1989 today when they welcome in Boston College at 2.30 for the 25, 25th all-time meeting between major college football's two Catholic institutions. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU, where Bank does matter. I'm Angel DiCarlo, joined as always by Kevin Downey. Notre Dame now 8-2 and two with two games left in the regular season. They'll go on the road to Stanford next Saturday. Today, they wrap up the home slate against Boston College. They the Irish heavy favorites in this one, although Fredo has been known to ruin the senior day party before, most notably in 93, of course, when Boston College cost the Irish a national championship. My apologies, Kevin, to you and the rest of the Notre Dame fan base if I've <laughs> stirred up some bad memories of uh, what Boston College can do to ruin things over the years. Yeah, they um, well, it's a great rivalry. And again, the two Catholic institutions. But I do remember that game. It was uh, a heartbreaker. <laughs> I was just, you know, to, to come down to that final kick and, you know, uh, David Gordon putting it through a stunner. And, you know, and Ugh. of course, that would have been the last time Notre Dame won a national championship if they prevail in that. And instead, you got to go back to 88. So, uh, yeah, I never know what you can quite expect. Now, that BCT team was actually pretty good yeah they were ranked uh, like 16 17 in the country this is not that so uh Notre Dame should be able to handle uh this Boston College team who comes in today uh ranked uh or not ranked and five and five on the season all right on tap on this morning's show our focus on faith segment is with the women's boxing club in Notre Dame uh it's called Barackabouts they just wrapped up their annual boxing tournament with proceeds to benefit schools in Uganda run by the brothers and priests of Holy Cross it's a, a great program St. Joe High alum Killian Mountford and Captain Meg Guilfoyle are our guests later on. We will, of course, break down the matchup with Boston College today. A.J. Dillon is their running back. His grandfather, a college football Hall of Fame wide receiver from Notre Dame, Tom Gatewood, and uh, Penn High alum Paul Moal got his first career touchdown last week. We'll hear from him. Chase Claypool and Ian Book creating great chemistry now. We'll look at that. Of course, talk a lot in this segment about today being Senior Day and hear from the seniors as they get set for the final game inside Notre Dame Stadium. But let's start with the way the team's playing right now, Kevin. Absolutely dominating Navy from start to finish last Saturday. We thought it was going to be a close game, and it wasn't from the very beginning. Uh, this team just looks totally different than the one that got thumped at Michigan uh, a month ago. Well, and I thought they did a great job on offense, Notre Dame, with the uh, obviously the the long passes, the over the top plays, and again, there's some new guys that are stepping up. Of course, you have uh, Claypool and the book connection. I mean, that was a really strong, solid day. But it was good to see some other people uh, step in, and then on defense, you know, Navy was a formidable opponent. Um, yes. I, I think the 
big thing that probably helped uh, the whole game go as it did is that when you do run an option offense, if you get behind uh, quickly, um, it's hard to score a lot of points. But hats off to uh, the Notre Dame defense because, again, they did well. And, as you said, a lot of those younger guys kind of came into play. Well, and then if you're also forcing turnovers against a, a team like Navy, it, that that's a big difference. And yep. Notre Dame absolutely dominating in the turnover margin. And I think that's a big factor today against Boston College because you know you know we talk about AJ Dillon, he can run the ball, and so can Bailey, their their number two running back. They 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 have a third running back who's Ron Dean's son, I believe, and uh, he doesn't even get to play because the the two running backs are really good. They can control the tempo of the game yeah. um, quite a bit, and the turnover margin could play a factor if, if it swung the other way, if, like, say, you know, Notre Dame had more turnovers today. For sure. Well, and Boston College is really, you know, it's their personality or their the coach's philosophy because he's an old offensive line coach, but they run the ball. So it may not be option, but they are going to find ways to run the ball, and they do have a stable, a really good running back. So, uh, yeah, the I think the turnover game is going to be a big part of this. Steve Adazio, the head coach of Boston College, former Notre Dame assistant as well. All right, well, the way the Irish are playing right now, certainly uh, a positive. Beat Virginia Tech 21-20. That one maybe was a little too close for a lot of fans, but Ian Book kind of getting over the hump yep. to get that game-winning touchdown, and that really has propelled them in the last two weeks. Uh, got on to beat Duke 38-7 to on the road, then thumped Navy 52-20. to Here's what Brian Kelly, Ian Book, and Chase Claypool had to say about the way the Irish are currently playing. It's a good football team. It's a good team playing without four really good players, <laughs> really good players. Uh, teams that lose four players like that, two of them captains, usually crumble in November. Um, they're playing at a higher level. We're playing for each other. That's all that matters. Uh, you know, we love each other, and we're all on the same page. You know, we're a really good football team that can get rolling, and, and that's what it's all about, and blocking out the noise, letting people say whatever they want. It really doesn't matter. It's about us. You know, it's hard to win in November. We're doing that. We got to keep it going, and and there's no better feeling. I think we switch our philosophy from all business, you know, getting the job done, to just having fun and playing our game and playing freely. I think that's really showed on the field and kind of how we celebrate with everyone on the sideline, and kind of the energy in practice. So just having fun. So that's an interesting perspective there. Just having fun, almost like the weight. I, in a way, that could be viewed as a negative, right? Because it's almost like, all right, the weight of the season is now off their shoulders. Yeah. So they can be more loose and just enjoy it, as opposed to when you're trying to make the college football playoff. You you got to be in a position where the weight of the season isn't a problem, right? I mean, that's kind of where you want the program to be. If they could probably get this mindset all season, yeah. they'd be in pretty good shape probably because they are playing good football right now. Well, and I think the key um, is not just having fun, but they are really playing for each other. So with those injuries, overcoming that, and then uh, playing together, I mean, it is a different mentality. And you do wonder if just that little soundbite, maybe some of the uh, the tension that they built up yeah. and put on themselves. Um, yeah, I mean, have fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that tension was still there against Virginia Tech, obviously. For sure. For sure. Uh, for sure. Big so, question after the Michigan game. Yeah, so that's why that one was a battle. <clears throat> and then it feel like they they got that win and maybe they were able to let loose a little bit. Now again, Duke isn't a good isn't a good team. 
Yeah, and they they easily handled them. But Navy that's what, was a good team. But, but they, Navy is a good room. team, and they and they got them pretty good. And, and you know, Brian Kelly talking about the injuries and overcoming them. Uh, certainly, it's all in the in the line play uh, on defense. Aquara yeah. and Hayes, and then on the offensive side, and Hainsey and Kramer. The, those are injuries that can that can cripple a team. But Notre Dame's depth, especially at defensive end, has uh you know has been good. Now that'll be, again, something that'll be tested today. Um, yeah, with that run focus, w- with that run focus for Boston College. Yep. Well, and again for the defensive side, I think that D line as we came in was the strength, and they've lived up to it. You know. Um, some of the big games, not maybe as much as the Nordane faithful would have liked, but definitely as of late, they, they're playing well. Careful on the lived up to it part because <laughs> I know, I know. There's that Michigan game where that in the little ran, Georgia, yeah. Well, actually, they played, they played well. well against Georgia. They probably played worse against Louisville than than against Georgia. Yep. Um, all right, uh, could this be a letdown game? Um, you know, after everything we've talked about, hey, we're feeling good, we're going, and then you got a lot of emotions today because it's senior day. Um, could all that boil up into maybe you're not thinking about having fun, you're thinking about we got to win, all it's senior memories, day, the, and yeah. you know, and you're thinking about all the memories. I mean, you're uh, you're an old football coach, you know what these days are like. Uh, there, there's a lot of distractions that are involved on a senior day. Well, I think they're going into it with a lot of confidence. Um, and usually, senior day, it's a uh, it's a emotional thing, but again, it kind of gets you awake and focused. And I, I do think just having uh, no input on the the opponent. So Boston College, we'll talk about them later. But with Notre Dame, it's a pretty erratic team now. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd still be, I guess, uh, slightly cautious to make sure that we're focused because, boy, you just don't know. You know, I, as I, well as they've been playing, they should beat them. They should right. do really well. It but, should be a great game. But all of a sudden, we eh. could be sitting there in the middle of the second quarter, and it's like it's only seven three. And if it's close, right? Then and they limit the possessions, and yeah, yeah. So I, I do. I think with this group and where they're at, it's great that they're having fun and that they're on a little roll. But I would always be a little alert for the possibility of an upset. All right, Captain and Star Defensive End Khalid Kareem asked this week what today will be like. Emotions are going to be high, I'll say that. Uh, I hope I'm not too emotional. <laughs> I mean, I might get a little emotional, I'm not going to lie. I might, might tear up a little bit. I'm trying not to cry, but, you know, after that, I'm trying to mellow back down and, you know, then just focus on beating BC at that point, just playing my game. Looking forward to the most maybe pregame as, you know, one of these Notre Dame traditions that, you know, obviously you won't get to be a part of as a player anymore. What What's the one thing that maybe stands out for you? Um... I'm gonna take, definitely taking the walk a little bit. I mean, I think I recorded my first walk on my phone, something like that. So I'm definitely gonna do this with my last one. I mean, probably can always do it, you know, as a long. Maybe I don't know, but um, definitely gonna take this this last one in a little bit more, like the smells, the sounds, you know, what everything looks like. Um, but also, I'm looking forward to running out and hugging my parents before the game. That's Khalid Kareem. Uh, you know, I thought it's interesting that he recorded the first walk, yeah, and now he'll record this the one. And I, he did love that he said, I, I think I could probably sneak in there as an alum, right? <laughs> I mean, well, if you're Khalid Kareem, you probably could get away with it. If, you, if you're a guy who barely played, they're going to look around and go, no, no, come on, man, stay over there. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure you could probably sneak in when you're Khalid Kareem for years to come. But, uh, you know, when you think about this senior class, you know, they were freshmen. It was four and eight. Yeah. So they came in at the... Uh, 
under the, the worst circumstances, worst circumstances, mm-hmm. and then they've been a big reason why this program has headed back in the right direction. So, uh, major kudos, and it's understandable why you know this is going to be uh, very emotional. And then when you throw in um, guys like Trevor Ruland, the ultimate team guys, I like to call it. this guy had insane amount of injuries. It basically, was going to be a medical red shirt and said, no, I, I want to come back and play for a fifth year. And now he's getting his opportunity because of injuries in front of him uh, to play and doing a really good job because the offensive line has actually looked pretty good yeah. in the last couple of weeks. Definitely. Um, well, and again, those offensive linemen, just from being a coach, those are always my favorite guys to coach because there's a selflessness um, you know, to most of them where it they do really play for each other. And, you know, again, not really for the glory, personal glory. All right. So with all the injuries that Roland's been through, uh, you know, it's just countless. Uh, you couldn't even go through uh, all of them. It, it would take about five minutes to get through them. He spoke this week about what the emotions of today will be like for him and his family. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough. Uh, I haven't thought about it a whole lot. I brought it up with my mom this past weekend. She started crying, and uh, I giggled a little bit. But when I see her on the field crying, it's gonna it's gonna be tough. And just thinking about it now, I'm starting to get a little emotional. It's it's been a lot, and I wouldn't change anything. And to think this is my last time going out there. I I remember running out there as Texas as a redshirt offensive lineman. Just yeah, it's, it's going to be tough, but uh, it'll be fun. And uh, I'll have to lock it out right away, get ready to play, and then celebrate a little bit after. And it's cool that he has those emotions. But those are the emotions that you fear, right? That you're like, yeah. you're waiting. Just you're a like a little bit off because you're Because you're just so emotional. Emotions. And I have no doubt in my mind that Trevor Rowland's going to be really emotional today. I could hear, He was emotional on Tuesday. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine what he's going to be like coming up today. Um, all right. Uh, Rowland elected to come back. As a backup, he got his chance to start with Tommy Creamer was injured against Michigan. Then Robert Hainsey went down. But listen to Rulin when I asked him about getting an opportunity to now play such a big role because of those injuries and what that means to him. His answer is very interesting. It's weird. I was talking with Tommy about this the other day. It's, uh, he was like, your parents probably had some weird emotions during the Michigan game. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> imagine what I was going through. I would trade... I would trade, you know, playing right now for Tommy and Rob to be healthy for sure. I, it sucks. They're our best players, and having them out is it's heartbreaking. Seeing them on crutches on the sideline, it motivates you. And uh, I, you know, I hope me and Josh are making them proud when we play because that's who we play for now. Because they can't be out there. What What does that say to you? That a guy who you could tell means it when he says, yeah. "I'd rather not play. I'd rather these guys be able to play for me because they're the the better players." Well, I mean, it gives me chills, honestly. I think what a neat young man. And, I mean, maybe that's kind of their special sauce. Maybe the, the as close of a knit group as the uh, offensive linemen are, that that's the key to their uh, success and being able to overcome stuff like the, the Michigan uh, loss. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's that's one of the neater soundbites that we've had here in two years. Yeah, I, I, Trevor Ruland is unique unique guy. I wish we've had an opportunity to chat with him more. Uh, he just hasn't had the opportunities, but great to see um, you know him in the spotlight now, and, and hopefully for him he can have a big day on his senior day. We want to thank Tire Rack for being such great supporters of Redeemer Radio. The folks at Tire Rack underwrite our internship program with high school students from Marion and St. Joe. The students are getting college-level internship 
experience thanks in large part to the generosity of Tire Rack. More tires, great prices. Visit TireRack.com. And we want to let you know that Fiddler's Hearth in downtown South Bend is a great place to grab a drink. Eat a great dinner and listen to live music. A locally owned public house, Fiddler's Hearth has 24 beers on tap, so your options are plentiful. It's also family friendly, and they have a great Sunday brunch from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. They want to reward the loyal listeners of Redeemer Radio. Just mention you heard Fiddler's Hearth on Redeemer Radio to your server. You get 10% off your food and drinks, soft drinks. And that's Fiddler's Hearth on Main Street in downtown South Bend. All right, up next, we're looking at Ian Book's continued improvement and the fabulous chemistry he now has with Chase Claypool. That's next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. What's the difference between Notre Dame Federal Credit Union and a bank? Well, banks are owned by investors looking to make a profit. Notre Dame FCU is different. We are a not-for-profit member-owned cooperative. Our mission is to help our members improve their lives by providing products and services that save them money. If we end up with too much money ourselves, we simply give it away to our members' favorite charities. Last year, over a million dollars. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Our title sponsor for Irish Sports Saturdays is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Did you know that Notre Dame FCU provides financial assistance to help our members at participating Catholic schools? Find out the details. Ask your local Catholic school principal. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, raise share of values. Why not share in our benefits? All right, Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey back with you here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays as we can't you down to Notre Dame and Boston College in the home finale, Senior Day for Notre Dame today. Kickoff at 2.30 at Notre Dame Stadium, and it will be the final home game for Chase Claypool. The Canadian uh, wide receiver uh, has had a blockbuster year, and last week, uh, Kevin, uh, he was absolutely outstanding. Seven catches, 117 yards, and four touchdowns versus Navy. This was as simply as throw me the ball and I will catch it. Oh, and it felt like he scored <laughs> not or scored more, but it felt like the stats were even worse than that. I mean, he really had a great game. You could just tell physically he was um, superior to the the DBs of of Navy. It was funny post game. We were talking to Chase, and and someone asked him, um, "Have you ever caught four touchdowns in a game?" And he said, "Caught? No, I did once score ten touchdowns in a game." And we were like, "What?" <laughs> it t- turns out it was like eighth grade, and he is from Canada. Yeah, so I jokingly asked Brian Kelly, um, you know. Did uh you know? Did you know he once scored ten touchdowns? And Kelly's like, well, I'm not gonna say it's the competition, but yeah. you know the competition <laughs> up there. But he felt like he was treating Navy like it was uh, eighth, eighth grade, grade out Canadian there football. because you know he was just <laughs> dominating. Um, and, and you know anything that comes in his direction, yeah. and, and uh, you know that's great to see. And on the season now, 49 catches, nine touchdowns. Um. <laughs> well, he's such a complete player. I mean, he, yeah, the the catches are great, and he's made some spectacular ones. He um, is real consistent. He'll have good runs after the catch. He is a great blocker. Yes. And maybe, I guess, if I'm a, an NFL uh, scout, I would be really interested in him, too, because he's a tough guy. He's on special teams. He's yeah. one of their more consistent special teams guys as well. So, yeah, I mean, he great things uh, for him, but you can tell that he's he's worked towards it. He might be the special teams MVP. 
I mean, it's as simple oh. as that. I mean, the way he does. I mean, he was going out on, you know, he scored a touchdown, and then he's back, and, and then he's making the next play on special teams on the next kickoff. Uh, he's yeah. that good on special teams. He's going to have a break future uh, in the NFL, no question. You just wish. You just wish they would have saved him a little bit, right? They had to use him. They had to use him his freshman year because they needed yeah, a athletes big athlete and, yeah. on special teams. But, man, don't you – now now you no. say that, and this guy, if he's a junior, I don't know if he's coming back next year because he's going to be a pretty good pick in the NFL yeah. draft. So I don't know if it would have mattered. Um, but, man, you, you do wish – that that's a guy you're like, man, kind of wish he wasn't going away, right? You know, and, and totally. get to enjoy him – uh, again today, one last time at the stadium. Claypool, Ian Book, and Brian Kelly spoke after the game versus Navy on why things are clicking so well now between Claypool and Book. I think trust is a big thing. Um, I think he fully trusts me now, not that he didn't before, but he knows exactly uh, where to put the ball and chemistry, like I said. Um, but yeah, he's um, he's allowing me to, you know, he's throwing, throwing the ball up and giving me a chance to make a play. And uh, I'm happy that I'm able to make some plays for him just to build that trust a little more. You know, Chase always has the juice. He's he's always talking, and um, he's one of the most. He's, he's such a confident person, like he should be. And um, you can tell when he gets on the roll. You know, you want to keep giving him the ball. You know, even though it might not be the clearest look, he's going to come down with it, and that's the best. Makes my job a lot easier, and uh, it's amazing being able to throw to him. Is difficult to defend because he can. Uh, catch a drive route and score a touchdown. He can catch a ball uh, on the sideline. He can catch a, a, a vertical route in the seam, uh, a fade. He's virtually a guy that um, has all of the weapons, so why wouldn't you throw him the football uh, in those situations? My question is why haven't they been throwing the ball to him more, you know, the whole season? And I know there's been some injuries that have been involved. And I think part of this is, Ian, you know, I know we have this argument. You say it's a chicken and the egg between yeah. us, right? Yeah. You said it's the guys around Ian Book that have been the issue, not yes. necessarily Ian Book. Um, so what's your stance on this one? To me, to me, it feels like Ian Book is playing better now. And then that's why he's getting it to chase Claypool. Do you have a different take than that? Oh, I've always said Claypool's their one of their solid people that that's he true. has to go to. But but they could be thrown. They, well, in those games when those other guys then, quote unquote, weren't stepping up. Yeah. Why not throw to him 13 times in a game and just exploit m- multiple mismatches? Well, it, he just does a lot when he does get the ball thrown at him. And again, they talked about trust and, you know, how he can catch about anything. Um, if I was Ian Book, then I would feel really comfortable because you have him. And again, you have your tight end. So, Col- yeah. Col- I mean, you, that's good. You two options. And just a, a little bit of. Uh, Kind of props to Fink stepping up, yes. you know, since uh, he's gotten healthier. Yeah, he's done better and better, especially back in the slot. So, yeah, I, I guess the exciting thing, since it's a pregame show, is that um, Boston College's uh, defense, their DBs. Not good? No, not great. <laughs> I, think, I think it'll be fun for uh, everybody. will be having fun watching Book and Claypool throw it around today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and by the way, Book had five touchdown passes. The one TD he didn't throw to Claypool was a 73-yarder to Braden Lindsey. Uh, just blew the top off the coverage. That guy I, just ran. And that was I, good. Another person stepping up. So yeah. they knew. Well, and also the quote-unquote long ball finally coming into play for, yeah. for Ian Book. And, and here's what Ian Book had to say about being able to throw the long ball. Yeah, a lot of people have, you know, been on me a little bit for the deep ball. I've honestly never 
Um, I've always been confident that I can throw the deep ball, just getting the right looks and, and uh, you know, letting it rip. So, you know, nothing special. It's not like every day we go and everyone's like, you got to hit the deep ball always. It's not like that. I, I know I can do it. I'm confident, and I know those guys are going to go get the ball when I go throw it. And, it, again, it's, you have those opportunities. It's about making those in big games, and, and that's, what, that's what happens. You're shaking your head during that soundbite. It's just odd to me. <laughs> I think I have more confidence in Ian Book than Ian Book does. I mean, I guess I think he can throw the long ball. Oh, I think fun. he's got confidence. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder. I think that's yeah. now at this point. People are talking. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, odd. And he's kind of, he started to block that out. <laughs> Brian Kelly's talked about that. Yeah. And, and that, that's been critical for him. Um, and, and, and really, he's played really good football. And, you know, now in the season, he's still in completing 58% of his passes, um, but 26 touchdowns and six interceptions. I always like to throw in the asterisks that of those 26 touchdowns, 10 of them against New Mexico and Bowling Green. It's like the preseason in the NFL. Um, So you got to keep that part in perspective. But, you know, and also the other part, I think this is what's allowed him to pass the ball so well. He's been running the ball really well, and that's opened things up to make him that dual threat. Um, You know, he's led the team in rushing the last three games. Yeah. Which is not a good sign on the run yeah. game, but it's I think it's helping him in the pass game. Well, and it, I I do think um, he's a physical guy. Like it always seems like there's a point in the game where he starts out a little bit in a lull, but if he gets hit or a big play comes and it usually involves him getting hit, then he kind of turns it on. Here's what Brian Kelly had to say about Ian Book and the way he's playing right now. I mean, if it's Major League Baseball, he had a little slump, you know? I mean, I knew what he was capable of. We maintained confidence in him. The only thing I ever said to him is don't lose confidence in yourself. Um, stay confident in yourself. Keep. He works so hard. He does all the right things. It was just a matter of, you know, he had to – there was too much noise, and, and, and he had to find a mechanism as the quarterback at Notre Dame to – to eliminate all the noise that, that comes with it. And he has, and he's found it, and he's in a great spot, and he's, he's going to continue to progress. All right, now the question is, will Ian Book be back next season? We don't know the answer to that question uh, yet. Komet has said yes. Uh, Liam Meikenberg has pretty much said yes. We have not gotten the chance to ask Ian Book that question. He's only been available post-game. Usually you're asking about post-game, mm-hmm. and then he hasn't been available on Wednesday. I asked Brian Kelly this week about that, whether or not Book specifically was coming back. And, you know, Kelly just basically said, hey, look, I'm not going to get into specifics on these guys' personal business and kept it more about um, all of them as a whole and just Mm -hmm. said, you know, we've had conversations with a lot of them. Uh, I think we all expect him to be back. Um, I don't see him being, you know, getting drafted at this point. He needs another season, and I don't see any reason why he would leave. At this point, now, I think he's cemented that he should be the starting quarterback next year. So it's well, I mean, three weeks ago, True. you know, if he would continue down that path, yeah. then you'd have been like, well, if you come back, you might lose your job to Djokovic. He might have been in that Brandon Wimbush category. I think now it's obvious he's the starting quarterback yeah. if he comes back next year. So I'd be stunned. Would you be? Well, you'd be I'd stunned, I'd be surprised. Right? Yeah, for sure. Um, he's just, man, to get another opportunity, he's only going to improve his resume and keep getting better and better. Um, and again, 
the people around him are going to help. So having Cole Komet back again next year will be huge. Yes, absolutely. All right. Uh, Penn High alum Paul Moala had a big game last week at the uh, what everyone's calling a pitch six. Uh, I love that terminology. Uh, just picking off a Navy's pitch and uh, got his first career touchdown. Scored a lot of touchdowns at Penn in his career. Now he's on the scoreboard in college. Uh, I had a chance to talk with him after the game. Well, how did it feel to score your first college touchdown? Uh, it was an exhilarating experience, a dream come true, really. Um, just a testament to how well our defense plays all together. And um, to have that opportunity to be able to score is just a surreal moment. It's true a blessing. And uh, I was lucky enough to be able to uh, play both the quarterback and the running back. And I got lucky um, to be able to play the ball at that moment. And the ball just fell into my hands. Felt a little, little bit like high school, so it's an exhilarating experience, like I said. So. I was going to say, in high school, you had a lot of touchdowns, uh, but it's been a little while since you've actually scored. So uh, w- what was that feeling like to be in the end zone again after you know doing it so much a few years ago? Um, flashbacks, man. Flashbacks to high school. and uh, Yeah, but it's just different because the crowds are bigger. Um, the, the teammates are a lot closer, so just to be able to have that experience with a new team and new family was just a great opportunity. So when you, when you signed with Notre Dame, did you anticipate days like this coming? I mean, I think a lot of people were like, well, you know, it's good to have a local kid, but maybe didn't know if you would play too much. Did, did you think you would get your opportunity eventually to, to be able to make a moment like this for yourself? Um, yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, it's always good to stay positive, and um, I knew that in order to be able to have an opportunity like this I'd have to have faith and believe that uh, I'd get the opportunity so that was the first step I think and so to be able to get that opportunity is just a great uh, experience and it's truly a blessing from God so that is Paul Moala the Penn High alum Um, you know I never remember a player in my days at WNDU. you know we run around we only get to games for 20 minutes at a time getting all the highlights and he was on the highlights every single week, which, okay, he's a Penn star. He's going to make the highlights. Uh, yeah, he only played defense and special teams. Yeah. To make the highlights every week on defense and special teams takes something because we almost always show just touchdowns. So you have to score a touchdown and make a big play. And he was always there. So he's a guy that makes plays. Yeah. Um, do well, you- he was a special player in high school. Oh, and- Absolutely. I, I think, yeah. Well, when he signed with Notre Dame, I thought, what, what a great opportunity. Um, and then, it, you know, we've talked about linebacker depth. As, as this plays out, he, he has potential to make an impact and to really help the team moving forward. Maybe not so much, you know, this year in the, yeah. the remaining games. But, um, yeah, he's a good enough athlete, and it's really good uh, – I know for the the local guy to to get a chance, but also to be good, you yeah. know, and to right. get a chance to really help the team and yeah. to stand out. You go back to Braxton Cave for yeah. the last time a, a local player has been able to to yep. make an impact, you know, and that's always awesome. Yeah. Uh, here's what Brian Kelly had to say about the way Paul Moala played versus Navy. He's a really good football player. I mean, I mean, we got to find a place to get him on the field, you know, because Awusu is a really good player too. Paul's smart. He's savvy. He's athletic. I mean, the play he made on the halfback pass was even better. I know the ball went into his hands and he scored a touchdown, and that's kind of, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, highlight. But the play he made, you know, on the reverse pass was as good as it gets. Um, he's a really good player. He's trusted. Um, he's going to play a lot of football for us. 
Um, and it's great that he's a local player, too. And Jeremiah Owusu-Kamo, the starter in front of Moala at Rover. Um, you know, Brian Kelly asked uh, on Monday if we could see maybe both guys playing on the field together. Um, and, you know, I think he said, yeah, but let's let's wait till spring to start talking about the possibilities of yeah. making that happen. But, you know, we talk about guys that are leaving, but Asmar Bilal will be on. Drew White will be back. So I think, I think it's no question Drew White has cemented himself as the middle linebacker. But, you know, remember... Drew Tranquil moved to the Buck linebacker from Rover. Could we? Do you think Jeremiah Obusukarmo could move to Buck linebacker, and then that opens up the spot, or for for Moala, or would you keep, uh, you know, Obusukarmo at, at Rover? I, I think the uh, they're going to be have to be flexible. To, I'd move anyone around, and you know, um, to I, get your best three on the field. Yeah, get your if best three on the field. If he's and one they, of your best three. Well, and they do so many so much substitution package like yeah, nickels and dimes that. He's he's gonna get a chance to get out there, um, and again, I, it's kind of matchup stuff. But yeah, it's good that these younger linebackers are starting to show some life because uh, that was an area of weakness going into the season. So it's good that their new people are stepping up, and other people are just kind of defining, "Hey, this is my role. You can." Plug me in here. I can do things. Well, the Marion Knights' outstanding season came to a close last night with a loss at loss to Bishop Chittard in semi-state. We want to thank everyone for joining us all season long for the Tire Rack Game of the Week presented by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Our first basketball games of the new season are coming up on December 10th when St. Joe hosts Riley in a girls-boys doubleheader. If you're interested in sponsoring our basketball coverage, please email me at angelo.decarlo at redeemerradio.com. All right, up next... Many know about Bengal Bouts, the annual men's boxing event at Notre Dame. Well, the women of Notre Dame have their version. It's called Baraka Bouts, and it, too, raises money for a great cause. My conversation with St. Joe High alum Killian Mountford and Baraka Bouts Captain Meg Guilfoyle is next on Focus on Faith. Notre Dame's FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays is back right after this. Host an incredible wedding weekend at Notre Dame with Venue ND. Once-in-a-lifetime experiences and wonderful settings, from rehearsal dinners to wedding receptions to farewell brunches. You don't have to be an alum to have your reception in Notre Dame's beautiful event spaces. Host your ceremony at your own local Catholic parish and bring your guests to campus for the rest. Make a tradition of your own. Visit weddings.nd.edu. If you like all things Notre Dame, be sure to stay tuned for Church Life Today. Coming up right after us, Lenny Lorenzo of the McGrath Institute for Church Life is your host. That's next here on Redeemer Radio with replays tonight at 6 and Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. All right. Uh, Notre Dame tradition is Bengal Bouts, started by Newt Rockney in, in the 1930s and uh, uh, certainly, you know, a unique concept, uh, you know, yeah. the, the boxing club there. They also have the female version, uh, Barack Bouts that started in 1997, uh, that we're going to be talking about here in a second. But Bengal Bouts has always been a unique tradition, Kevin. And I know you got some, some ties to it. Yeah. My dad actually, um, did Bengal Bouts when he was at Notre Dame. And I remember just being a, a little kid, my brother and I and going to see the Bengal Bouts. In fact, um, 
I'd say more than once, maybe three or four times, my dad would buy us boxing gloves for Christmas, and then somehow <laughs> my mom would lose those so that we wouldn't participate a little too much in the backyard with them. But yeah, Bengal Boss is really, really neat. Now I feel a little guilty. I'm going to have to take my kids out to, to see it one of these times. All right, so that's that's in uh, in the winter, and then the Brockabouts just wrapped up. That's the Women's Boxing Club in Notre Dame, as I mentioned, founded in 1997. It's called Brockabouts. It's the largest all-female club at Notre Dame. The finals were last week, and last year they raised $220,000 wow. for the Holy Cross missions in East Africa. So it's about a lot more than just uh, boxing. Uh, we had a chance to speak with two members of Barackabouts. Killian Mountford is a junior at Notre Dame. She's a St. Joe High alum. She was a starter on the St. Joe Girls Basketball State Championship team from a few years ago and the Mental Attitude Award winner. Killian reached the semifinals of Barackabouts. Meg Guilfoyle is also junior and a Barackabouts captain. She she traveled to Uganda and saw firsthand the impact the money that Brockabouts raises can have on the Holy Cross missions there. She served as a teacher at a school in Uganda over the summer that's run by the brothers. Here's Focus on Faith with Brockabouts Captain Meg Gilfoyle and semifinalist in St. Joe High alum, Killian Mountford. All right, Meg, let's start with you as, as a captain. Uh, what you know, Brockabouts is all about for anyone tuning in going, I don't really kind of understand. I've heard of Bengal Bouts, but wait, what? Obviously, it's the female version, but kind of take us through what what, the, what it's all about and what it means to you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So, Barackabouts is um, a female boxing team that fundraises for Holy Cross Missions in Uganda. So, all throughout our season, uh, each of our boxers fundraises $250 uh, and sells about 10 tickets. Um, and through those fundraising efforts, we have been able to raise about in a range of $180,000 to $200,000 each year. Uh, so those um, those funds go directly to two schools that we fundraise for that um, are Holy Cross schools in Uganda. So one school is St. Joseph's Hill, which is in Western Uganda, and uh, Lakeview, which is in Eastern Uganda. Yeah, it's pretty so, awesome. Pretty great program. It's pretty incredible, yeah. Killian, what, what made you decide to, to do this? Obviously, you were a great athlete down the road at, at St. Joe. What made you decide uh, Baraka Bouts was for you? So um, my first two years, I had gone and watched my friends compete in the finals. Um, I had seen Meg compete, and I always said, like, it looked so fun. And this year, I had a lot more time on my hands, so I decided just to go for it and try it. And I knew I wanted to fight the whole time, but um, (laughs) it was very, it was much scarier than I expected it to be. Like, I knew it was going to hurt, but it definitely hurts a lot more than you realize when you get punched in the face multiple times. But for your first time to make it all all the way to the semifinals, pretty pretty good job you did there. Yeah, I had a really tough opponent in the first round. I remember I I turned to Megan, I was like, I don't know if I want to do that again. It hurt a lot. It was just, um, I won by split decision, so I scraped by but it was really exciting and the girl I lost to was really good and it was an amazing experience well, what does it mean to you um, Killian to, to, to be a part of this you know obviously such a great mission it's not just about you know boxing for you guys what does it mean to you uh, you know growing up Catholic here in South Bend to take part in an event like this and, and help raise uh, uh, these funds for, for those in Uganda um, it's just an amazing experience. I've found this like a lot at Notre Dame. There's always such a great community, and no matter what you decide to do, and Brockabouts was just another extension of that community. Everyone was so welcoming, and then you find out like you're you get motivated mo- mainly by like seeing your friends do it and seeing other people do it. But then just finding out like we had this thing called Mission Mondays where um, Meg and another captain um, Marissa would talk about. 
um, their experience in Uganda and like introduce us to a different person that they worked with. And it was like really inspiring that just the whole season you're constantly being reminded. It's not like, it's not that you're, it's just a side thing that we're doing. It's constantly reinforced. Like we're doing this for a reason. It doesn't really matter if you win or lose. It's um, no matter what, it's for fun. And it's, to have a safe, great time for a good cause. St. Joe High grad Killian Big Red Mountford and Meg Gilfoyle, who is a captain for Barack Abouts, joining us. That's the Women's box- Boxing Club at Notre Dame that's been around since 1997. All right, Big Red. Obviously, you have the red hair, but your first <laughs> name's Killian. I feel like you could have went a little little tougher on that name if you chose. Yeah, I was thinking about doing like killer or kill, but I, I didn't think it it worked as well and then um i was asking one of my friends and he was like no you should be big red and i it just kind of stuck i thought that was a funny name (laughs) so Uh, meg you weren't able to compete this year because of injury i I know you made it to the finals last year how how tough was it not to be able to compete and i you kind of told me before we started the interview you found out just a couple days before so that had to be really tough for you yeah you know it, it definitely was you work uh for over two months trying to prepare for this um especially as a captain it was that much more time into the background planning and organizing of the the tournament but uh yeah, finding out two days before was definitely tough. It was uh, an emotional doctor's appointment. Um, my doctor knew how much I wanted to do it, and but I really back up his decision. It definitely was the right decision, and uh, our first priority as a club is safety. Uh, and we've really taken a lot of measures. We're one of the safest uh, programs in the in the country, actually. Uh, so we're pretty proud of that, and wanted to really stick to that this year. But you know. As surprising, a lot of people have asked me that question about you know how disappointing it was, and to be completely honest, it was really disappointing for I would say maybe a couple minutes. And immediately once I went to my captains right away and my coaches, I was immediately reminded of why we were doing what we do, and that this tournament uh, had nothing to do with me actually. And it really reminded me what it was actually all about, um, and that it, had, it was not about me. It was about my students that I got to work with, and it was about all the students in Uganda and what we were able to do for them. So. To be honest, it was oddly one of the best things that probably could have happened to me um, because it really reminded me why I have been going to practice two hours a day and why I've been like working very hard to raise all these funds and really trying to encourage everyone to to join the program because it's not about us. It's really about our students in Uganda. So it's really humbling. Let's talk about that a little bit. You had the opportunity in the summer to to go over to Uganda and and teach, right? Mm -hmm. So what was that experience like? Tell us what that meant to you to have that opportunity to do that. Yeah, it was it was absolutely beautiful. I have never been so grateful for such an incredible opportunity. it was really uh, humbling and inspiring to really see the full circle of what our club actually does uh, and to meet and work with the students who directly benefit from these funds. Um, there were a lot of students that I were I was teaching that absolutely would not have been in school without uh, our support and without the scholarships we're able to provide through our funds. So it was really incredible, especially to see the uh, girls in the in the school. Uh, there was actually an equal amount of girls and boys in the in our school, which was pretty cool um, in that area. But a lot of them said to me specifically that they um, would actually be married off without being in school right now uh, at age 
13, 14, 15. So it was really inspiring to hear everything that they wanted to do, become be a part of politics and business and everything. So it was really inspiring to see that they're going to make a big difference in their communities being able to go to school. So I imagine that it just puts so much in perspective, mm-hmm. kind of like what you're talking about with okay, I can't box in this tournament. It, it it must put a lot of things in perspective for all of you that have had this opportunity to, to go to Uganda and, and help out there. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really reminded me of, of what is actually important um, about our club and everything I do each day. Um, it's really helped me remind myself that the little things are the little things and it's important to always be helping others and always trying to look on the, the bright side of things and the positive side of things to help everyone else around you. And, and at the same time, I know you were in Killian's corner though. So <laughs> yeah. uh, did, did, tell us about the, the, the semifinal uh, match, Killian. Did you did did you feel like you had it? What, what happened in it? Uh, they came up just a little short. The girl I went against, um, she was taller than me, and I will say, I during my spars, I never really fought anybody taller than me, so the reach was a very scary advantage. But um, Meg was a great coach in my corner. Um, I was really, I remember the first night, um, not the semifinals night, but I didn't know she was going to be in my corner. I didn't really know who was going to be in my corner, and it was like a very big sigh of relief, and she definitely motivated me a lot, so that was great. And it's also like great having people like Meg and um, Marissa who have been to Uganda um, as part of our team because it's not just a thing in the distance that we're raising money for it like they put it in a very real world perspective for all of us the mission of um why we're boxing and what we're doing yeah i was i was gonna say while you haven't had the chance to go over there being able to ask meg questions hearing her stories that that part has to probably inspire you guys a a lot when you're going through this to 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 raise this money and to know it's going to such a great cause there in uganda Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just great having like a direct source who has seen it firsthand and what the money like. She she talks about how the money has like direct, from the club has directly benefited, and she's like seen it and met people who have been directly benefited from it. So it's great to know that we're not just raising. I feel like so many charity things you do, like you're raising money, but you don't really know where it goes after you raise the money. But um, we have firsthand experience people to tell us. St. Joe High alum Killian Mountford and Meg Guilfoyle, uh, captain for Barackabouts, joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Meg, what's what's the future? What, you know, what is this money going towards now for for uh, the folks in Uganda? How are you guys looking to to use the money to benefit them? Yeah, so this year our funds will be going to um, Lakeview, which is a, um, Holy Cross Lakeview is a school in eastern Uganda, um, and it will be used to build a general assembly hall, actually. So uh, in that community, it's not um, it's not always safe for students, especially young women, to leave a, the compound and uh, especially at night go outside the compound. So it was really important uh, to provide these students with a safe place to gather, to collaborate, and to spend that extra time together. So uh, they'll be able to have now a general assembly hall for uh, over a thousand students at that school, actually. So it's pretty incredible. Last year, our funds uh, went to building a cafeteria at uh, St. Joseph's Hill, which was the school I worked at. So actually, while I was there, um, we were able to, um, our coaches were able to confirm um, that we were able to send over $180,000 wow. uh, to build that that cafeteria. So it was really beautiful, actually, to be there when um, the priests and brothers found out. Um, so just because I was a part of that season, so it was, it was beautiful to see that it was actually going to where it was supposed to. So 
It was and, beautiful. And then what overall seeing it and, and seeing how Notre Dame and especially Holy Cross, uh, the, you know, the brothers that are there and the priests that are there, um, you know, what kind of appreciation do you have for, for the fact that they are there doing this and, and making a difference there in, in Uganda? Yeah, it was incredibly inspiring. The uh, St. Joseph's Hill is actually only a one-room uh, school uh, only a few years ago. So these priests and brothers have absolutely transformed the uh, school and therefore the community. So they're really allowing um, these students to go back into their community and really completely turn it around and offer so much more to their community, uh, both financially and intellectually. So it's really, it's been pretty inspiring to see that our small efforts, sometimes it feels so small just to be part of a a club where you're you're working out, you're boxing, you're having fun with your friends, but it really does do so much more and it really goes to, to the right place. So it's exciting to see that those priests and brothers are able to really use it to transform the school in the, in the best way possible. Absolutely. Uh, guys, thank you very much for, for coming in and joining us to, to share a little bit more about Barack Abouts and, and Killian. We're expecting, I mean, you got championship blood. I mean, you won that state title at St. Joe uh, a few years back, your senior year. So we're expecting you to, to pull over a championship next year, right? Yeah, uh, hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> She'll but be ready. It was funny. I was saying um, my mom was more happy that I lost than when I won. So <laughs> she was not excited the fact that I did boxing. Well, well, either way, hopefully you're still uh, helping to support Brockabouts next year. Thanks. Thank you guys very much for for coming in and joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank Mm -hmm. you. That is St. Joe High alum Killian Mountford and Barackabout's Captain Meg Guilfoyle. Thanks to them for joining us. Uh, great cause is the biggest thing coming out of this. Uh, you know what they're doing. You know uh, to help raise that money for for the missions there uh, with yep. Holy Cross in Africa. Yeah, and I think again, it's always neat to see focus on faith, just a whole different uh, area, and the way that you know some of these young people are impacted and the faith, but. Um, I guess it's interesting to me too the whole concept of Barackabouts. I didn't know it was out there, so that's really neat. Yeah, you got, we'll have to take the the girls there uh, next right. year. Next year at this time. All right, uh, our game day sprint is next in Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Can the Irish contain AJ Dillon, the prime back for Boston College? We'll talk about that next. We know you like football, so do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day, free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Touchdown! All right, welcome back here. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey with you here as we get you set for Notre Dame and uh, Boston College coming up here at 2.30. Notre Dame 8-2 and on the season. Boston College 5-5. Five and five. It is senior day, Kevin. We talked about that earlier. Jalen Elliott, another one of those seniors uh, that is graduating a uh, very good player and you talk about a guy who's made great improvements uh, you know two years uh, you know his freshman and sophomore year is just not very good and, and now uh, has been really good as a junior and senior and, and a captain for this team um and, and he's 
you know, the defensive side of the ball is going to have their hands full in this game. Uh, A.J. Yeah. Dillon is an electric back. Uh, so is David Bailey. And, and those two running backs for Boston College can be trouble for the average year today. Well, and they their whole philosophy is to run the ball and to, to pound it. I mean, really, there's going to be a lot of uh, pressure on the front. But if it does get to the safeties, then they're going to have to make the play because they'll be unblocked. Uh, you know, uh, Dylan is six foot, two hundred and forty five pounds. He's the grandson of Notre Dame College Football Hall of Famer Tom Gatewood. Um, you know, I was reading that he basically decided not to come to Notre Dame because of his grandfather. He's like, he's hmm. like, you're a college football Hall of Famer. I kind of want to build my own legacy. So yep. and that so sometimes that works to your advantage. Sometimes you get the legacy kids that want to come back, and then sometimes it, it works against you, and that's the case here because, boy, could Notre Dame could use a guy oh like Oh, my you. gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he would be a great, great addition. But, again, it it's worked out for him. I think he's one of the uh, leading rushers in Boston College history, so he's, he's doing all right. Number two is definitely good. Yeah, 1,451 yards rushing on 272 carries, 5.3. Three yards per carry, 13 touchdowns, 145 yards per game. Here's what Khalid Kareem and Brian Kelly had to say on stopping A.J. Dillon. He's big. I mean, dude's like, what, 5'11", 250, maybe 6'2", 250. Uh, I mean, but he just keeps his legs moving. I mean, he doesn't stop. So definitely have to, you know, fit him up, you know. So it's going to be a challenge, but we're definitely ready to prepare for it. Very difficult team to defend offensively with both. Uh, the two running backs and Dylan and Daly, just outstanding backs. One's 240 pounds, 250 pounds. Uh, depends on uh, what scale you, you look at, but um, both of them are just outstanding. Dylan uh, has got the, the burst to get to the edge, the physicality that uh, you're going to need more than one guy to bring him down. And then also David Bailey, you know, 6'1", 245. He ain't. <laughs> He's pretty big, too. 775 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, BC averaging 34 points per game, but they're giving up 32 points per game. So uh, Notre Dame should have no trouble in this game being able to score points, Kevin. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to the uh, stopping BC's run. I mean, Uh, that's the key. All right, what worries you most if you're Steve Adazio, the BC coach? Uh, I'd say that Notre Dame's wide receivers just throwing it over my head. The DB's matchups are pretty bad. Yeah, that's I would agree 100%. Can you stop Indy's pass game? I, I just have trouble thinking how they could. Uh, what worries you most if you're Brian Kelly? I think it's stopping that BC's run game. If you can make him one-dimensional and have to throw to beat you, then I think that you, you win. Uh, I think it's the turnover battle. I mean, if it's even, Notre Dame wins, no problem. If for some reason it goes the other way, then BC could control the tempo, and then the run game could, yep, yep, and things could get interesting. All right, what's your prediction in this one? Uh, Notre Dame 45, BC 21. Okay, we're right on the nose on that one. We don't (laughs) share notes on that, and uh, I have Notre Dame 42, Boston College 21, so uh, pretty even matchup to to say the least there in terms of what we're thinking in in our heads. All right, that'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU, where Bank does matter. Thanks to our audio operator today, Ilya Glasman. For Kevin Downey, I'm Angel DiCarlo. Notre Dame and Boston College will kick off at 2.30 p.m. today. You can watch locally on WNDU, and we will, of course, be back with you next Saturday at 9 a.m. here on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Uh, We close our show the same way. The Irish will close their pregame with a prayer from one of the Irish team chaplains. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. 
I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame Mass. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary our Lady, May we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Enjoy today's game. For almost 100 years, Elkhart Bedding has been making quality sleep sets in Elkhart, Indiana. And by selling direct to the public in their factory showroom, Elkhart Bedding has been able to sell their customers mattresses and foundations with the same materials and construction as the national brands. The only difference is, by buying factory direct, you don't pay for warehouses and middlemen and end up with a considerable savings. Elkhart Bedding is located at 2124 Sterling Avenue and at ElkhartBedding.com. Hi, this is Tony Catanzari from Catanzari Financial Services. We are proud to bring you this message and invitation from the legendary Lou Holtz. For victory in life, we've got to keep focused on the goal, and the goal is heaven. The key to winning is choosing to do God's will and love others with all you've got. Sacrifice, discipline, and prayer are essential. We gain strength through God's word, and we receive grace from the sacraments. And when we fumble due to sin and it's going to happen, confession puts us back on the field. So if you haven't been going to Mass Weekly, get back in the game. We're saving your seat on the starting bench this Sunday. What a great message from Lou. When it comes down to it, this is all about family values for us at Catanzari Financial Services, and I bet for you too. If you would like to develop a retirement plan that reflects your family values, visit CatanzariFinancial.com to register for classes held through IU South Bend or email me directly at Tony at CatanzariFinancial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Harbor Investment, Inc., member SIPC.